clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch. Here he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. Simultaneous catch, folks. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. I'm Joshua Thomas Lapping. Is that the first time that you said your name on the show? Yeah. Just want to be like you, man. That's pretty fun. Welcome to the show, guys. Crazy, crazy weekend in the NFL, as it always is. I don't know if you did a Friend's Fortune. I'm sorry I didn't get to listen to last week's ending of the episode. Did you do a Friend's Fortune? I didn't. I thought it wasn't fun without the friend. Ah, That's unfortunate or fortunate, depending on how you want to look at it. Rant, rave, recall. I have a doozy, so okay. I'm gonna let you go first. Well, because I now I'm disappointed. Why? I don't even want to. Well, you can't say you have a doozy and then be like, oh, but I'll right. Do it but later. I don't want you to have to be like, wow, I can't follow that up because you won't be able to. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to try. All right, I have a revant to call. <laughs> this is why we need to do a video because your face is pretty great. All right, so. I have a rant, rant call. I'm recalling a prior prediction that I made. I'm going to rant a little bit about it, but it's mostly a rave. Okay. About Alberto. Damn it. How did you know that was? No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. So here's the thing. I don't want to be on the wrong side of history here is what I'm saying here. Oh. So I'm going to start off right off. The recall is my Super Bowl pick. Okay. I don't want to be on the wrong side of history. Okay. I'm picking a new Super Bowl right now, okay? Okay, okay. So, in the NFC, we have the Green Bay Packers is what I had picked. Mm -hmm. I'm recalling that. Okay. Okay. So, instead of the Green Bay Packers in the NFC, I am going to take the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. I know that's like, you know, whatever. That's the trendy. I believe in what they've done. I really like what... Jalen Hurts is doing, and I think it's lasting, and I think that their formula works in December and January, and I think they can go all the way in a weak NFC conference right now. So that's my first part of the recall. And the second part is, I don't want to be on the wrong side of history here. The Buffalo Bills are winning the Super Bowl this year. I finally saw exactly what I wanted to see last weekend to fully believe it, and I'm going to run through some stuff here. Let's go. I'm on the right side of history. Buffalo Bills did you, right did now. Did you listen to Hamilton before I'm on the this right side something? of history because it has its eyes on me. Buffalo is number one in offensive and defensive DVOA after week six. 
No team has been both since 2003, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, world champions. Only two other teams have ever accomplished this stat for a full season. It was the 2001 Rams who won the Super Bowl and the 1987 49ers. Both finished the seasons that way. Both won the Super Bowl. The moment that I'm talking about that fully convinced me that this was going to happen for Buffalo is that 118 before the end of the first half, Buffalo was down 7-3. to They faced a third and 13 from their own one-yard line. From that moment until the fourth quarter, Allen was 13 of 13. He went 5 of 5 on that drive leading to the touchdown and was 8 of 8 in the third quarter. There's so many stats that I could throw out here about Allen leading the lead in total touchdowns and passing yardage. I could talk about how this defense has overcome missing their their best defensive player all season up until this point in Tredavious White, who nobody seems to want to talk about. Um, and then Micah Hyde, our, arguably, I would say, our second best defensive player for a couple of weeks now. Uh, nobody wants to talk about the things, and I could talk about the things, but I'm not going to. It just has everything that you that it takes to win a Super Bowl. It has a team that has built the scars over the past couple of years of losing in heartbreaking fashion, right? Making it to the AFC title game to or I can I'm going to go back even further than that, okay? So we had the incredible uh terrible streak ending playoff game where we lost and Tyrod Taylor got knocked out and Nathan Peterman of course threw an interception, right? And then we had a season where we missed the playoffs because our rookie quarterback wasn't ready. And then we had the game against Houston up 16 to nothing, going into overtime and still losing that game to a crazy Deshaun Watson play, right? That should have been a sack and we should have moved on. And then the next year, we win our first playoff game against the Colts. We beat the Ravens in our first home playoff game in 20 years. And then we get crushed by the Chiefs in the AFC title game. Then last year, we're about, we demolish the Patriots, our long-standing rivals, right? Our, the villains of our story. We beat them. We crush them, right? And then we go to KC. And we take down the Chiefs. There's 13 seconds left, and yet somehow the Chiefs turn around and beat us. We, we have the battle scars from it, right? So it's finally our turn. And then we defeat we're, – we're now the number one seed, right, currently. Again, it's, we're heading into week seven. But we're the number one seed, and not only that, we have wins over the next three AFC division title leaders currently, Baltimore, KC, Tennessee, right? So we, we have that like statistical going for us. We have the scars going for us. We have the narrative going for us. Every year, the Super Bowl winners have to have something extra going. And something, and again, this is, tra- this is tragic and I don't want to make light of this, but this is something that normally happens for a team. It's a thing that they do in the um, America's Game uh, documentaries that they do of every Super Bowl winners. One of our... One of our key players, somebody who's been signed to an extension, who's part of our core, Dawson Knox, lost his brother in the offseason. And it was a very tragic event, and it has supremely affected Dawson early in the year, but he wanted to be around his teammates, he wanted to be around his guys, and it's galvanizing. It's it, it the, the team has been family-oriented by Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott since they've both gotten here, and they've talked about... That's what this is about, right? This is a business. It is an organization. But when you're in this business, you're treated like family. And that percolates from the scout staff all the way through the starting quarterback, the GM, the head coach, and the owners, and the Pagulas. And all of those things together convince me 
there's no way we're not going to go win the Super Bowl this year. And I don't want to be on the wrong side of it. I don't want to have to be like, oh, well, I picked the Ravens. I guess I was wrong. I want to say that I believed, I, I wish I could say from the week one, but I didn't. But from the end of week six to the moment where I am crying in whatever apartment we watch this game at the end of the season, when we finally win the Super Bowl, I want to be able to say that I believed it was going to happen. Okay. That's all I have to say. Okay. Thank you for not doing your normal thing and totally tearing all that down. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, I just don't want you. So Good. All right. I mean, you're wrong. That was my revenge call. Wow. Okay. Okay. You're right. I don't want to. You took up all of all the time. So let's get into some news and notes. You don't want to do a revenge call? And, or a revenge call. You don't want to do a revenge call at all? Uh, no, I don't want to do it in two minutes. We This is a 10-minute segment. So. Okay. Sorry. That's my bad. All right, news and notes. Uh, we got some big injury news. Uh, I believe Dak is confirmed to return this week. Um, I mean, unless there's any kind of setback, okay. I think. Tua is confirmed to be starting in Sunday Night Football. Um, so some big news, obviously. Um, I just talked for eight minutes, so I'll toss it to you. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, probably the most realistic time frame that we are thinking for Dak. I think... You know, when it first happened, they were like, oh, it's going to be uh, next week. It's going to be two weeks. And then they were also talking about it could be after the bye. But I think this is the realistic time frame of it happening. And I don't think it would really happen any other way. They, they're coming off their first loss after having their backup. And now they're saying that there isn't any limitation. I don't necessarily believe that. I think practice football is different than being live action. I mean, look at last year. This was a very similar time frame that we saw with Russell Wilson, the the four to five weeks. But Russell Wilson didn't look, uh, didn't throw the football well for a couple weeks after that. I expect the same thing to happen. I don't think we're going to see Dak come out and throw for four hundred yards and and be like, oh, nothing ever Against happened. That Detroit think, defense, maybe. I don't know. Uh, well, I think they're gonna run, run, run wild. So I think it'll be, but. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense. And then like you were saying, Tua, I mean, like, it's, a, it's an intimidating defense to come back against, but he'll be out there. On the flip side, um, we saw some some other injuries happen. Um, no one's really, at least in big-time talk that I've seen. Russell Wilson is now dealing with, um, str- I think it's a strain. I don't think it's any kind of official tear or anything, but there, it's a pretty significant injury that... I think could force him to sit, so we, we might see some some ripping it uh, in there in Denver, and maybe that's not an awful thing right now because at least he is actually I can't even say he's a part of that offense because it's a whole new regime, so it's not like he's used and familiar with the scheme and whatnot. But it, it's certainly an interesting situation there in Denver, and then in terms of other injuries, I mean there there was a lot that was uh, kind of mystifying, especially I think about we both thought we had the game on mute for the first half or put in Denver, but Melvin Gordon wasn't hurt. He was just kind of benched. And there was, I don't know if you saw Hackett's comments about it today, but he did comment about how he was like, yeah, we talked about it. We have a good relationship. Uh, it was also a weird quote. Cause he's like, love that guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, but he did say he was going to start. This week, uh, this Sunday, so I don't know what that does, but yeah, I mean, like that. It's just, it's a. I don't understand, and like to be like, 
yeah, we brought in Latavius Murray here to think he was going to be more fresh or whatever. So to be like, he's going to start. He, he started against LA too. I, I want <laughs> I, I I want to like Nathaniel Hackett so bad uh, for a lot of reasons. I mean, I like that he's a the son of a coach. I like those stories of, you know, it's in the family, right? Um, he was an offensive coordinator for Buffalo for a while. And I like that he comes to Green Bay with, LaFleur and is the offensive coordinator for these MVP seasons with Rodgers. I like that story, right? Go get your quarterback. That's a, I want to like Nate Hackett, but I just don't. I just, it just feels weird. <laughs> it, just, it certainly doesn't seem to be working right now, which, um, I mean, maybe it, it's, it's too early to say, I mean, like I could get on my whole, like you're really good at what you do but maybe like it's too big of a picture for you kind of thing. But that's how it's feeling right now to me. And it just, it feels like, I will say this. I, and again, it was on, we talked about it. I was skeptical of Denver heading into the season. I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. I said that and I talked about it. This is not the reason why I thought they were going to miss it though. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought I, they were going to be competitive in their games. Well, they are competitive in their games. They're just not scoring because a lot of points of their defense though. It's not like... Right, that's what I'm saying, is that I didn't think it was going to be that way. I thought that they were going to be able to score points with a lot of people, but that they just weren't going to be able to, you know, win the win the close games because they haven't done it. They, this is a new team with a new coach, all, all a bunch of first-time coaches in their positions, and a quarterback coming into a brand new system, right? So I, I thought that that would be why there would be growing pains, not their defense playing lights out, by the way, shutting down really great offenses like the Chargers on Monday Night Football, I think it was the first time Herbert – it's the first – I have this stat right here. It's the only the second time in NFL history that a quarterback has thrown 55-plus attempts and didn't have a touchdown in a win. That's only the second time that's ever happened. Uh, Warren Moon did it in 1991 in an overtime win against the Cowboys. Sorry, Mike and fam. But seriously, like it's – this defense is playing lights out. It's awesome, right? And for some reason their offense can't score 20 points. It blows my mind. It feels very odd. And I wonder what it takes to get it back on track. Well, and that was that was another thing that we were I mean talking about it for a second, is that I said it when we were watching the game. I was like, it's nice to see Russ having some moments, right? They were rolling him out of the pocket. Russell Wilson completed his first nine pass attempts to nine different receivers. That's the first time that that's literally ever happened since they started tracking play by play data. Like it's not so they were doing great things to start, and he threw that touchdown. I was like, all right, it's nice to see Russell moving around, throwing on the run, hitting people, right? And then all of a sudden, it just stopped. I, you're right. I truly don't. I don't understand what's wrong. Really, I'm sure there are many different things, and that's probably why it's hard to pinpoint. But I mean, in Russ, I trust might be a dead phrase now. <laughs> Say, I, I think I haven't said that outside of week one. The other thing, so we don't belabor the Denver Broncos because we have to watch them in primetime every week, it seems. Uh, I don't even know if you consider this a starting quarterback anymore, but we still don't have a definitive answer for Baker Mayfield returning. I Sam Darnold was designated to return off IR. They did. That was announced today. I don't know if that means. I don't think that means he's returning this week or whatever. But sure. I feel like if Baker were, are is healthy enough, I feel like they'll probably put him back out there, which is just like 
At this point, I'm rooting for Baker because I just want to see the guy look competent. Um, <laughs> but really, it's a disaster for Baker Mayfield, and he might be designated to backup duty for the rest of his career. I don't think he's going to be out of the NFL, but he might be a backup for the rest of his career. Oh, yeah, and I think he he's he'd be great as that. Yeah, I mean, he could be the Cooper Rush, right? Come in, win a couple games, and which is, but it's just so sad to talk about former first overall pick was in the NFL record books as a rookie, won Cleveland its first playoff game in ages, and he could be a Cooper Rush. It just feels so sad to say, man. I don't know. I just I feel like Baker has always been the quarterback that needs a lot around him. Unfortunately, probably true, but here we are. And speaking of putting things around him, Odell Beckham Jr. wants around Baker Mayfield. What's going on with Odell, man? I feel like I see a fake news article every day about OBJ to the Ravens, OBJ to the to the uh, Packers, OBJ to the Bills, OBJ to the Rams. I, say your your guy Von Miller says he's coming to Buffalo. I will say he has said that multiple times, but I will say that every single reporter around the Bills has tweeted in the last week that that is false and that everything they've heard says that there have been no discussions about OBJ coming to Buffalo. Yeah, I don't know. It so I think and this is probably not true to say, but I think with the Deshaun Jackson signing in Baltimore that probably takes them out of the OBJ race and probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, what is a 35-year-old Deshaun Jackson still have in the tank is to be answered, but yeah, probably. Oh, I think he has plenty. I mean, like even when we saw him, this isn't a guy that hasn't played football in years. That's true. Last year he did have touchdowns and stuff. Listen, I love Deshaun Jackson. He was one of my favorite players. I mean, I Deshaun Jackson came into the league with Philly around the time where I started seriously watching football. So, I I mean, I love Deshaun Jackson, but yeah, I think the more and more I look at it, Odell to like the Rams or the Packers seems more likely. Um, I've said this to you and you've been like, yeah, okay, to me before, but I genuinely don't want him on the team. We do not need him. We, we don't. I mean, we ha- with with Diggs and Davis, number one and number two, we have so many good number three receivers on our team between McKenzie and I, who, Khalil Shakir, who I think is definitely a good slot. Number three receiver just is very young, a rookie, of course, but flashed in the time that he had. And we've got touchdown Jesus, Jake Kumaro, who's been injured, but he'll come back. Um, like, I don't, I don't think we need him. I don't think we need him. I don't want him because I don't. I don't want him for a lot of reasons, but I especially don't want him. And maybe this is silly to say, but I'll say it on our show because it's us. I don't want him because I don't want you to root against my team. <laughs> uh, it would definitely happen. <laughs> Although, like, this guaranteed Super Bowl win thing. I'm not – I didn't say guarantee. I'm saying I believe. So I'm picking it to happen. I'm manifesting it. There's a difference. Also, though, You've it does make me – too long that you say stuff like that. What would you say? You've been living with us too long that you say that, stuff like that. You can thank Jenna for that. <laughs> Hey, if she manifested me sitting here, I have to believe her in her powers. Yeah, uh, Des Bryant had a tweet uh, at o- at Odell oh, a while ago. Saying, you were saying Des Bryant was saying he wants to come back, uh, where he said Bills are Chiefs, OBJ, and OBJ tweeted all these emojis back to him, and like someone said, I translate this as I've been told to keep my mouth shut until all the details are revealed, and. Uh, OBJ said, spot on. Well, I mean, I, which I, yeah, but I also, the Chiefs won't surprise me, but 
that's only because of the moves they made this this week. I think it was this week where they converted some of Kelsey's to signing bonus. Yeah. And somebody said to Kelsey, and Kelsey was like, yeah, I expect that means something's going to happen. I still don't understand how that makes sense, though. Like, I just don't see that being is... And maybe this sounds crazy, but is, like, OBJ right now coming off of another ligament-ish injury in his leg really that much different than juju honestly if if you if this the injury changes everything because i think that he completely quelled at least for me all the doubters with his run near the end right with the rams especially when he started the super bowl off i still feel like i was like okay obj is so different right that's what i'm because saying because of he was no longer so if he goes to the chiefs is he still i, I mean i guess you have travis kelsey so, like, that's where the attention's going to. But the attention was taken away from Odell because of Cooper Cup, which is the whole thing last year. You were like, is this good? And I was like, yeah, Odell, Odell's a great number two. I think it kind of – I think the answer is kind of yes. They would probably run their offense like that and have Kelsey's the one. But, honestly, I think it's an indictment on guys like Sky Moore who have – it's been hard for them to get on the field, right? And guys like – Marquez Valdez Scantling, who's looked good at times this year, right? He well, I feel re- like that's always been. He, I know, right? But he had, and then Juju, who had his first true, really great game this past week against Buffalo. Although it was really was only the one really long catch. Uh, other than that, he was pretty. But again, uh, he had a good game. Yeah, he had a good game. But I like I'm saying is that I it's if OBJ is going there again. We're talking in hypotheticals here. It is more of an indictment on those players, I think, than it is on that it is sort of an, an, an uplifting of OBJ's credit, or uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it's it's less about OBJ is great, we need a number one receiver, and I think it's more about we don't have enough in the tank for Mahomes right now, we need somebody. I just don't really get that. I mean, that... Would... I think the Chiefs are fine. I don't have any problem with the Chiefs, right? Chiefs could have easily won the game against us last week. Yeah, I don't think OBJ being there tips at scale. I mean, I think it tips the scale. I just don't know if it tips it as much as everybody's going to say it does if it happens. How so? I mean, just to, to well, challenge you, can't you say, on that. You can't say it doesn't tip the scale. He's a player that's going to contribute. He's not going to, like, not catch anything of the oh, team. Oh, sure. But, I know? mean, but he doesn't. he's not going to do anything that the Chiefs— So we're using this example. He doesn't do anything that the Chiefs receivers didn't do. He doesn't somehow catch the interception in the end zone. He doesn't somehow stop Jordan Poyer from jumping the route. No, but I think that what tips the scale for him is that OBJ's two best attributes have always been his big playability, whether that's like a crazy catch or taking the top off. Maybe he doesn't have that speed anymore. We don't know that for sure right now. Um, so that's his big playability. And I think his ability to get just open. Right, like OBJ has never been a route technician, right? He's never been a possession guy, but he's always been a guy that's found a way to get open or make a contested catch when he needs to. And I do think that fills a hole that isn't currently being filled on the Chiefs roster. I think they have those guys personally. So who? So other? So you're saying? So for me, the only guy that they really have that does those things is Kelsey. Well, MVS is one of the fastest wide receivers in the league. He's sure, a- and I agree with that. But he's—I mean, I—I I can't. I you can 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 catch a contested sh- catch. Yeah, sure. And I think Sky Moore, when he is a great route runner, 
and he's learning an Andy Reid system. Who's so, the most? So for you, it's just we need to wait. We need to like bide our time here. We just need to give this more time because currently none of that is working to the level that I wouldn't they say none of it's worked. They're four and two to the level that they want it to is what I was saying. And I wouldn't even say so, I think that's true. Like there were, and Buffalo is one of the best defense in the league guys were open like i said they could have just as easily won i again this is, this is hypothetical here sure because i said at the top of this i think they're fine <laughs> um i'm not worried about the chiefs i just think that it does tip the scales maybe again like i said not to the level that the media will blow it up to if it happens but i don't think we can say that it wouldn't impact it at all i uh, just if obj was there i think that game still goes i just think way. i just think part of you is just will never like OBJ. I complimented OBJ last year. That's true. You did because he's an excellent number two receiver. Regardless, let's just move on. Um, do we have anything else we want to cover before we do some reactions to week six? You see, I changed it. It doesn't say week two anymore. Ooh. Yeah. Look at you, Moving man. up in the world. No. Okay. All right. Let's talk about Jags at Colts. Matt Ryan, 42 of 58, 389 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. This is without uh, Jonathan Taylor, without Neem Hines, but with awesome performances from both of his receivers and Michael Pittman and the rookie Alec Pierce and Deion Jackson, the young running back who was awesome with 10 catches. He had, what, 50, 60 rushing yards and a touchdown. They um, did great. So, yeah. I mean, this team looked like the type of team that – I thought they were when I predicted it. I still haven't recalled them as the division champs because right now they're is it two two and one or is it three two and one? They're I don't, three two. And they're one. three two and one, and, and the Titans have the initial tiebreaker because they beat them earlier in the year. Yep. This is why I hate this though because they're playing this week, and so I'm like, why can't we have this Tennessee Colts matchup at the end of the year for the now? It feels Ugh. like the. Now it feels like it's the division championship this weekend. Wow, which is exciting, but it feels like it is. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, nothing is decided in week seven. Josh Slapping, picking Houston on simultaneous catch. You heard it here, folks. What is your opinion on this game? Uh, it was a fun game. Uh, I, I'm in the complete opposite boat of you that I think this says a lot more about Jacksonville still than it does Indianapolis. In, in terms of you think it says more positive about Jacksonville or negative because they couldn't get it done? More positive. Like, this is a game that they would have not been in at all last year. And we saw, we continue, in my opinion, to see growth and confidence from Trevor Lawrence that we didn't see yeah, last year. Yeah, there were a lot of moments that I was very impressed with Trevor Lawrence. I won't, I'm not going to argue that. I think, sure... For them to like give up that go ahead touchdown isn't good, but I like what I saw from pressure from their defense from the spots that we watched. Really, it just continues to like this, in my opinion, is very easily a four and two team versus a two and four team with a few different things bouncing a certain way. I do, I like, I love a lot of what Jacksonville has done, and it's ironic that two weeks ago was the week that you were like, let's give credit to Jags, and they've lost two in a row, but you're right. They could just as easily be four and two. They could just as easily be like five and one right now, right? And and again, I feel like we say that a lot, but legitimately, a lot of these teams could have gone the other way. This year has been so close. I mean, think about how many close games we've had, right? Um, I can't wait to the end of the year to see if there's a stat that says this has been some of the closest in the NFL, because I think it has. Right now it has. You're right. And again, this is something that I said week one. I was like, I think we're going to have one of the closer seasons because these teams are good, right? Even the bad teams are good. Um, yeah, 
I, I'm not going to deny the positivity from Jacksonville. I agree with you 100% on that. I just, I want to, I'm digging in on the Colts thing because, and I said this off air to you, our our buddy Mike, Cowboys correspondent, was texting me after that Thursday night game and was like, Colts, one of the worst teams in the league. And he just said it offhandedly. And I was like, I don't agree with that because this happens every year. And I talked about the Naheem Hines quote where it's like, every year we have a new quarterback. That's that like people think that might be exaggerated. Th- that's been true since they had to Scott start Scott Tolzien after Andrew Luck retired unexpectedly, right? They've had to go through so many quarterbacks, it takes time. And Reich has had slides to start the year, and then they always figure it out. And if his slide to start the year was two, two, and one, now three, two, and one, I feel so good about the Colts. And they're going to get guys back. They they got this Matt Ryan performance when they didn't have one of the league's best, arguably some might say, the best running back in the NFL, Jonathan Taylor. Like, I just, I feel so good about the Colts right now, which means, everybody listening, they're going to fall flat on their face next week because I just said that. But I feel great about the Colts right now. There's, I think there's just too many question marks. Like, sure, the, the game ended on an extremely great note of that touchdown, which was a beautiful throw and a great catch. And I remember, I remember saying, I'm like, why are we throwing right now? <laughs> but how many times were we watching beforehand that every pass was a four-yard pass? And it wasn't only in this game, but we saw that in Denver, too, where Matt Ryan's just not throwing it. And I think... I mean, you hope as somebody I really like Michael Pittman. I know you do as well, but he's not going to catch 13 balls every time. And Jonathan Taylor's never had the amount of targets that they threw to to Deion Jackson. Maybe Deion Jackson needs to be the starter then. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not. uh, So I guess my question to you would be then, why is it when Matt Ryan does that kind of thing where it's death by a thousand cuts and then it's a couple deep ones when they're open? Why is it saying... Why are we questioning that when, for a long period of time in New England, that's exactly what Tom Brady did? And are you not game? saying that for years and years and years you maligned that, saying that it's not going to work? I did, but it did. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're right. I absolutely did, but it kept working and it continued to work. Right? Like I like at some point I just have to say I was wrong. So I'm just like, is it unfair for us to to question this about Matt Ryan when what they did last week they absolutely can do almost every week? Right, because you're See, right. The thing is, it, I don't know if they can. Okay, I think okay. a team will okay. lock down Michael. Pittman, sure, sure. And then, so yes, Paris Campbell, which we both a lot. Where like, <laughs> he finally did something. Will he do it consistently when they no, take away not. the thirteen no, probably not. catches? What about Alec Pierce? Alec Pierce looked good. Actually, he looked bad for the first time in a long time that he didn't do much. So, but I I agree. Alec Pierce is, is I think very very good and has been strong um but i mean if they take away one or two things will the rest of the team be able to rally and tip the scales in either way i don't know i haven't seen it i think that my big my biggest question is and you you brought it up is that they've never given that type of target count to jonathan taylor right who we all agree is a good pass catching running back so my biggest question is are they going to realize that this week when they were when Matt Ryan was comfortable targeting the running back on plays when Michael Pittman wasn't getting open and he couldn't hit Paris Campbell and he couldn't find Alec Pierce, right? He was just dumping it off to Deion Jackson, who was getting yards, and that's why he had 10 catches for less than 100 yards. But a lot of those catches were for first downs. So what I'm saying is I my question is, and my hopeful answer to the question is, are they going to realize that that is actually 
a so a true solution and it wasn't just a band-aid it's the reason why their offense in my opinion works so well is that they were able to do that and have a guy that can do it and if Deion Jackson can do it Jonathan Taylor certainly can so I'm hoping that the answer is wow this should be a part of our offense because again I'm making the Tom Brady Pats comparison because this is what they used to do they would have one to two really good receivers and they would have a running back that when Brady didn't have a guy to go to he would dump it off ergo the reason James White was a Super Bowl MVP right like that offense can work I just want them to stick to it was that a question (laughs) I was saying that that was what my question is is that will they do it no they won't okay because (laughs) Jonathan Taylor can catch the football but he's not going to be the catch the ball 10 times now will they roll out Naeem Hines more so to do that maybe possibly because I mean that's what he does but if you were to think they were going to do that with Taylor and maybe he can but that means he's getting 30 to 35 touches a game and it's gonna break down like we saw Deion Jackson got hurt in that game because he had unfortunate but yes 22 touches and when you're playing that physical of position where with the running back so even when you're not touching the ball you're in blocking or something along the lines so can it be spread out though can't they use all three of them and spread it out and do the same thing but just use all three of them and can't that work I mean, in theory, but this just—I mean, you don't—you don't see that executed very often, the way that we saw it with New England for so long. And I mean, like that's why I was infuriating with New England because I also pounded the table with you, being like, "This doesn't work. This isn't going to work. It's going to be figured out." And yet, it never was. And I mean, the NFL is not as simple as just throwing it four yards every time and having your guys pick up and convert and have everything executed perfectly and not have penalties and not take sacks. And so that so, finally didn't happen for Indianapolis against Jacksonville, so it worked. But so I the, mean, the, when you're, I'm sorry, I'm no, you're okay, off, you're okay. But when you throw it for four yards and expect, and eventually you're gonna have a holding penalty, and so you're first and twenty, and picking up four yards doesn't help. So I guess my question is then. Is what you need to see from this team is to have a game where Matt Ryan only completes 12 passes, but it's for 300 yards because they kept going down the field? Well, first of all, I don't think that's going to happen. But no, I don't know what I need to see. I just need to see more comfortability because he still, in my opinion, doesn't look comfortable doing what he's doing, which is why it's checkdowns and... I mean, like, I no, I don't want to see 12 passes for 300 yards, but I want to see consistently that touchdown throw where it wasn't even a touchdown throw. It was a good play by the wide receiver that got in, but it was just Matt Ryan looked confident. He knew where he was going and he put it there. And we haven't seen that until this time. Is this the tipping scale? Maybe it'd be fun if it was because we know or we knew that Matt Ryan could do that. But through the first six weeks, he didn't until maybe this game and maybe it is the comfortability and learning the new things and being integrated maybe this will be the changing of the guards game possibly i mean it'd be fun i don't hate matt ryan no i know you don't hate matt ryan like you hate obj but uh um i just like i said i i was very encouraged and but i i'm glad you pointed out the jacksonville thing because you're right Uh, trevor lawrence continues to have moments that that are reminders of why people talked about him as a generational talent. So I, I was happy to see that. 
Um, let's go. Let's get. I want to talk about our two big upsets that happened this this past weekend. And let's start with the Ravens and the Giants. Uh, the first crazy thing is the Dobbins question marks about the fact that Kenyon Drake had a hundred yards and a touchdown on I think only like eight or ten carries. Uh, I don't know what happened to Dobbins if he got injured or banged up or what happened because his it knee started to tighten. Okay, so I, I I wasn't sure what that was like, and the Lamar late turnover. So I mean, what are you? What were your takeaways from this game? Uh, the uh, one big thing is the Giants now have won three games this season when trailing by ten plus. That's tied for the most in franchise history. The three other times it's happened: twenty sixteen, which was their last playoff appearance. 2011, they won Super Bowl 46, and 20 or in 2007, they won Super Bowl 42. Well, you're kind of making it sound like they're destined for the Super Bowl win, so I don't know what you're talking about. Buffalo ties, man. Brian Dayball <laughs> saying that everybody's winning the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, man. I mean, it's impossible to pick the Super Bowl. Um. Yeah. So when picking this game, I picked the Ravens because I said I thought they're defense would be the one to make the play and they didn't and it wound up being the Giants defense which we spent last week tipping the accolades and saying this defense is very legit um yeah we both said it was gonna be a close game you were very vehement in past picks you said this is not gonna be a blow this is gonna be a game with that being said I need I don't I don't want to say I need to see more because that's not that's not the case but I will say eventually an offense is going to score more than 25 points against this defense. Yeah. I need yeah, to I see mean, the it, offense's ineptitude. Yeah. Ineptitude isn't the right word, but I, the capability to score beyond that because the Giants this year, the most points they scored, and it was against a team, it was against the Packers, who I said their defense is what's going to carry them. It hasn't thus far. We'll talk about them later. But – so they haven't scored more than 27 points. So the formula for winning is definitely consistent. Like you can you can win on great defenses. We've seen it happen before, but when it gets challenged in that way, it's going to be very interesting to see how far the pendulum swings. And I don't know. I mean, I I said and I was very very cautious with the question you asked me about like what would their final record be and are they a playoff team and I think absolutely they're very capable of being a playoff team it's just especially when they get to that point where the metal or the like the tire meets the rubber meets the road will they be able to score enough points to to not be like you know what defense like you need to have that turnover you need to make that sack or you need to have that fourth down stop I don't know. It's going to be tough. I think that they're definitely a playoff team um, because I don't think that this coaching staff is going to let them go on a skid that's just like crazy. And at this point, that's what would prevent them from being in the playoffs. You start five and one. The percentages of you missing the playoffs are so low. I just don't think that Dayball and the staff are going to let them lose three or four in a row anymore, right? I, I So I think that they're going to make the playoffs – but you're right. The question is, can Daniel Jones have a game where he throws for 300-plus and a couple touchdowns, which we've seen in his career. We've seen him do that before. He just hasn't done it yet. I think I'm more confident in the Giants because 
I just think it's way harder to win these when you're down by 10 kind of games against contending teams. And if you show me you can do that, then I believe that you can have the game where you play a defense that's lesser and you just put up a bunch of points. I feel like that's easier to do in today's NFL. I could be wrong, but I think it's easier to do. I want to poke the bear a little bit, and it's the team that I had. I mean, both the last two games were teams I had in the, the Super Bowl. But does this say more about Baltimore that they've given up multiple ten point leads to lose games? I definitely it definitely says something about Baltimore. But I mean, is it really I mean, like they a huge? It up to is it a two? huge accolade to the Giants when it's I mean, happened multiple times already this year? Yeah, I mean, I, that's a good question to ask. But I legitimately just think it can it can two things can be said, right? It can be that the Ravens have trouble closing out games, and it can also be that they face two really good football teams in the Bills and the Giants. I think those both can be true at the same time. Okay. But the so I mean, if you, I don't know if you have more to say about this, but this is a good segue to the thing that I think is super concerning, and that the reason why I didn't think that I learned a lot about the Giants last week is that now the Packers I'm very concerned about. To head to this to, to segue into the Jets upset over the Packers is that you know when the Giants beat them in London I was like ah oh, it's a London game it was a close game like Rodgers went all the way down to the line like it very easily could have swung the other way one pass you know what I mean because it was a fourth and two near the goal line right at mm-hmm. the end of that game so for that I was like yeah you know what that good for the Giants but I don't think that we learned a lot about the Giants and so the reason why I wanted to segue to this is that like I'm concerned about the Packers. I don't know how you feel, but I'm you're the I mean you're the Oh Packer yeah, I fan. mean concerned is fine. I mean to all out panic is an over exaggeration. I mean we're talking I think when we see teams that we consider perennial playoff teams struggle, we we all like, oh man, like something's wrong. Like they can't it, we gotta blow it up. I mean think about last year the Chiefs, which were in the AFC title game, were in the same exact boat at three and three, and then they turned it around. I mean, I'm not. Should I say I'm not concerned? No, because of course I am. But things have to be corrected. Obviously, the two games against the two New Jersey teams, since y'all take that personally. Uh, was they have stifling defensive fronts and it got through the Packers offensive line, which especially the interior, which was supposed to be a semi solidified part because they weren't the returning uh, injured veterans. It, it, It struggled and it's put pressure on the quarterback, which isn't having a wide receiver get quote unquote open, which so like that's the difference, right? is that if they had a guy that was just open, like you can have that opportunity just to be like, oh, well, like just get rid of it. Or if you have a guy like Devontae Adams that you have the trust and establishment with, then then you just put it up for him and say, like, hope that works. They don't have that right now, and I don't know if there will be a trade at some point uh, before we hit um, the trade deadline here in a couple weeks if something along that line happens, or it could just be... Uh, that they they muddle through and and it gets dicey and and difficult and close. I I never thought that this was the number one seed team, but I also didn't want them to be because I think that they need to not have the comfort of Lambeau that they've had the last few years, and they need to be the 
the Road Warriors. And so, in my opinion, it's more concerning for the defense that there's being very little change and adaptation. Um, so that's more dif- disappointing to me because... And we saw it a little bit last week, which I thought was really good. Jair Alexander has never been the cover corner. They have always leave him on his side, but he followed Garrett Wilson, which I thought, I was like, oh, good. So like they're finally putting him on the number one weapon and letting him do that. So I feel like there's sort of change happening a little bit. I don't know if that'll continue to happen, um, but I've been pretty disappointed with Joe Barry's defense because like I said, and I picked the Packers to be in the Super Bowl, but I said if the defense is what we think it is, and right now it hasn't been. Yeah, and I, I the defense is slightly concerning, although I do think there are times where they look like the defense we thought they'd be. The thing that is most concerning to me is the offensive line. You mentioned it. there. I From the times that I've seen them play, guys are just getting in Rodgers' face sometimes, just so quick, and I don't know how that gets solved if it truly is a receiver learning to get more open. And if that's the case, you know, this has been a possible OBJ landing spot. Do you think that helps? Or do you really think it's just this offensive line needs to gel a little bit better? I mean, I certainly wouldn't say that it doesn't help. I mean, to just bring in somebody that, I don't want to say knows what they're doing. That sounds ignorant to to an NFL rookie or something. But if, like, somebody of OBJ knows how to use footwork better to, to make a or a cut look different or something along those lines than just saying like, Oh, I need to, to run and then try to figure out how to, to get open. Um, I mean, like, I think I have a Madden solution. I mean, that's obviously not always foolproof. Right. But I mean, I think, um, I'm totally blanking. I, uh, the or the Packers right guard right now is extremely struggling. I believe it's John Runyon. I'm sorry that I'm forgetting, uh, last year was the year that that interior was was young players, and they were like, oh, this isn't going to work, and it worked really, really well. This year, John Runyon has already allowed close to, if not more than, the amount of pressures that he allowed all of last year. Oh, wow, I didn't even know that. What I would like to see happen, because I think they have a great young tackle that has proven himself on the left side. Josh Nyman filled in really, really well for David Bakhtiari, and they've done the whole alternating thing as they've worked Bakhtiari back into the lineup. What I'd like to see happen, and you know, it's not as simple as why this is a man solution, is to put him on the right side, the right tackle position, and put Elton Jenkins back in his guard where he started and established himself to have what I think is probably more important right now, the interior, because the run game isn't getting going, or when they do allow it to, it performs very well. But if you let that interior continue to gel, I think more pressure is coming there than it is the outsides, which, I mean, makes sense because you have two good tackles, right? So, I mean, to say, like, put your tackle into the uh, back into the center, it's maybe it allows for more pressure. But I feel like Nineman has done, done great at protecting and not allowing a ton of pressures. Will it translate to the right side? Who's to say? I'm not sure. But. I'm, I'm going to be, I have, it's been a lot of fun to track that over these coming weeks and see if something like that happens. So I can be like, look, you said. Because <laughs> that's happened before. But yeah, I mean, honestly, we're, we're bearing the lead here in the fact that the Jets just look real, look real solid, man. They do. And yeah. the, the thing is, it's similar to the Giants. And I don't want to take anything away from the Jets, but like, their offense, 
I mean, at the end of the game, they ran away with it, and that's kind of what happens. Like eventually, like they get things get broken down, and it becomes a little bit easier. And right? there was some really cool play design. I mean, on that Brees Hall touchdown, I was like, "Oh, that's a cool play design." Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! He's still going. It's <laughs> <laughs> in the end zone. But they have a super legit defense. They absolutely have a legit defense, and I—I I mean, I are they, they're in pass picks, right? I think I gave you the Jets. They game. Are. So we'll talk about the Jets a little bit more in a second. But one of the reasons why I really wanted to pick this as a sleeper team is because of the weapons on their offense and their young defense, right? It's similar, but not the same to how I felt about Carolina. I just thought they were an easier division, which they are. But is that they had uh, a young offensive weapons that I liked and was excited about and a young defense, right? That was super, that I thought could come into their own, right? And they have so far. I mean, they just have, I mean, Sauce Gardner has looked awesome, but the other corner, I can't even think of his name. I think it's Reed is his last name, is also one of Pro Football Focus's top five ranked corners right now in terms of coverage. So they've got pieces all over the place and you're right they made they're great front against against the the Packers this weekend so I mean we'll see about the Jets going forward because you're right it's similar to to the Giants where we need the young see something from the young quarterback where he's made the plays what he did he hasn't made a big mistake right and last week not this past week with the Packers but the week before in the fourth quarter he was excellent in the fourth quarter right so he's had moments where he's looked pretty solid but we haven't seen that signature game from from Jones or Wilson yet so we need to see that but you're right I mean I the the offense just kind of blew up at the end of that game with Brees Hall and and uh, Braxton Berrios. Berries. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really happy about Sauce Gardner because the thing I was most concerned about following him from college to the NFL hasn't happened. Of He's obviously so sticky, right? He gets on a cover. He covers a guy really well, stays really close. And, I mean, like, there were times that the Packers wide receiver caught the ball, but Sauce got his hand in there to knock it out which is just as good. Well, even on the Lazard touchdown, which he was covering on, he's on it. It was just a back shoulder. Right. So he hasn't grabbed, which is what I was really worried was going to happen in the NFL. And it was going to create penalties and pass interferences. And that hasn't happened yet. So that was the thing. I was like, ooh, this could not work. And it has thus far, which is great. Yeah, he's a great player. And I'm really glad. Um, You know, I'm sure... You're 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 a unique person, so you might have actually thought it was kind of fun. But any other Packer fan probably thought it was disgusting when he put the cheese thing on, was running around. So you, part of you, may have thought that was a little bit fun, but I thought it was kind of fun. Oh, I mean, like, like it don't. I mean, I get that it could be looked at as, I don't know offensive or or whatnot. Like the whole like stomping on teams' logos and junk. I mean, I, I get it. And the thing is that he did it after a game of which he he ruled. He If he had done it before the game, before he proved anything in the game, I've been like, that's ignorant. Right. Yeah. There's a, and I, that's why I said you're, you're unique is that most fans don't look at it that way. But I, I am cool with confidence when it's earned, right? Cockiness has an air of, I think I'm the best, but. You, when you're really not, but confidence rings true when you go out and you prove it. So yeah, that's why I thought it was kind of fun. But I didn't say you're different. Regardless, let's move on. 
<laughs> I uh, have 10 more minutes. That's okay. So now we have time for... Pals Picks. Oh, yeah. Hey, we're in the... We're in the uh, black, as they call it. Yeah, we are. We are. We are now not having a losing record. Although we had a not losing record last year. Yeah, week. that's okay. We give each other hard games. So let's just get right into it. You only have 10 minutes before you got to get going and do some theater work. I give you the games first this week. So let's head to that. Wow, this is not our text thread. Let me get to our text thread. Wow. Uh, I... Stick with my strategy every week. Give you games that I don't want to pick. Game number one, Bengals hosting the Falcons. Both teams three and three. Both teams three and three. Um, I actually don't have anything to say about them both being three and three. I mean, I guess the Bengals are probably the more surprising three and three team. If like you really think in all intents and purposes. Um, although neither of us had them winning the division uh, but I probably saw them having a better record at this point of the season uh, but the Falcons like I said uh, this is probably the year that I'm rooting for the Falcons more so than than years past which I feel like is fun that you finally didn't uh, but I don't think that the Falcons carry over the the hype of the 49ers went into this game I think if it was at home maybe but I think going into Cincinnati is going to be too tough and it's mostly because I think when I picked the Falcons to beat the Browns a few weeks ago, I said their defense is going to do just enough to stop them, where I don't think that's going to happen with this Cincinnati offense. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I I really wanted my recall this week to be like the Falcons are winning the division, but <laughs> I know that's probably silly, but I'll keep rooting for it because I love them. Uh, let's move it's into this. right there. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Let's move into game two of it. The Titans hosting the Colts. This could be the divisional this is champion. This division showdown. It, it's the division showdown, man. And then Houston this. sweeps in and wins. It's going to be the Jags. Um, yeah, I am going. So the, the first time I picked this game, I picked the Colts, and they looked really bad. This is still when the Colts were looking pretty inept, though thought that was going to be their get right game but i think titans coming off the bye are just gonna be ready for this one i think if they maybe both played last week and the titans didn't have this week to prepare for their divisional rival i would feel differently but i feel fairly confident with the titans in this one the titans okay, just have the sense. colts number as of lately and i don't think coming off the bye and that prep is going to be different that's unfortunately true let's head to the third and final game the aforementioned upstart new York Jets traveling. Good job. I said New York. <laughs> uh, going, we, heard, we all heard that, Jay. Going to the Denver Broncos. The now two and four Denver Broncos. Yeah, I think the Broncos are going to be uh, two and five after this one. Picking, picking the Jets. Uh, part of that has to do with something I teased earlier and saying that we don't know the status of Russell Wilson's health. Uh, so we might see Brett Rippon, which, you know, like I said, might very well be earlier, but it's because of that defensive front that I think whoever is going to be there is going to be facing a lot of pressure. And we just toss those accolades to the to the Jets' corners that they're they're being really locked down right now. So I think, uh, and it, and I think this is going to be an ugly game. The reason because I think both because we also said that Denver's defense has been very very good, 
But with all that being said, I will trust Brees Hall starting versus Melvin Gordon starting. And I think they'll just do enough to crack that barrier. And this, I think this honestly could be a game of field goals. I'm just trying to wrap my head around the five and two New York Jets after seven weeks. That's just that's so much fun, <laughs> man. Uh, just it's great. The NFL is great. Uh, to recap, you went the two home teams at first with the Cincinnati Bengals beating. beating. I tried to say defeating, so it was like defeating. I'm my words are not good today. The Cincinnati Bengals defending home territory, defeating the Atlanta Falcons. And then you have the Colts being downed by the Tennessee Titans, followed by the Road Warrior, the now 5-2, and two, if you're right, New York Jets against the Denver Broncos. All right, you're going 3-0 and here, you said. I did say that. Starting Thursday night football, the New Orleans Saints traveling to take on the Arizona Cardinals. I'm glad that we're recording this when we are because I did see an update today that so many players were already ruled out for the Saints so I feel pretty confident saying the Cardinals here. I think this is a get-right game for the Cardinals. I think they're going to put up a lot of points. I know that Hollywood's out. Isn't this the game that Hop is coming back, though? It is. Yeah, it so is. D-Hop's coming back. They just traded for Robbie Anderson, who may not be involved a lot in this game, right, because they just traded for him, and that's an early week. But he'll play, right? I don't know if he will play. Okay, well, regardless, D-Hop's back, and I think that's really the most important thing here. I think this is a game that the Cardinals absolutely have to win, and I just think that the, the cupboard's too bare for the Saints. I think it'll be a nice game, but I think that the I think we're going to get a lot of points comparatively to the last couple of Thursday night games. But I do see this as like a 31-23 type of game where uh, Arizona just just solidifies their offense finally. I feel like we have not seen a lot out of that Cardinals offense. That's why they're it's their get-right game. How about those Giants we were talking about taking on the team that I said I feel really good about in the Jags? I like the Jags, and I like what they've been doing, but I'm going with the Giants here. I think the Giants moved to 6-1. and one. I genuinely just think it comes down to I think Daniel Jones in this offense has more to operate with than the Jags do. And I I feel like that's probably an unpopular statement to make because, I don't, I don't because the Jags have like James Robinson and Travis Etienne and then all these receivers named Jones, right? But I just like Saquon Barkley better than any of those people and I liked what I saw from Wondell Robinson um, I don't know if Katerius Tony is healthy yet I don't know if he's going to come back but I would love that um, I I like Darius Slayton who didn't have a great week last week but I still like Darius Slayton um, I just I like this defense against that offense rather than vice versa so I'm going to go with the Giants interesting all right and then Sunday Night Football the return of Tua the Steelers playing the Dolphins. I think this is going to be a really fun game. And even though I'm pl- playing D&D on Sunday, it'll be on my phone while I'm playing because I really want to watch this one. I don't know who's starting at quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Pickett is still in concussion protocol. I don't. Tomlin has said if he clears, he's going to play. Right. Um, I'm going to go with Tua's return here. I just think that this Dolphins team is really, really good. And people have forgotten that because they haven't had their quarterback. And I think their quarterback's going to come back ready to make a statement and be like, yeah, guys, this is a good team, and it's because I'm at the helm, and we're going to win this game. All right, there we go. 
Well, there you have two road or two home teams as well. The Cardinals beating the Saints, the Giants on the road, and the Dolphins at home. That's going to do it for me, guys. I was going to say, well, I had cold roots for you, so I'll pocket them for another time. Yep, pocket or, or for maybe now. Maybe I'll answer myself. That's fine. Bye, Josh. <laughs> Drive safe, buddy. Bye. So now it's time for Fantasy Corner. That definitely would have sounded better if Josh were doing it with me. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, so our team is very interesting, and we had a very disappointing Monday night because we entered Monday Night Football with a chance to win. We, of course, had our Herbert Williams stack, and we were we needed about 40, 45 points from, from the combination between the two of them, which should not be crazy, right? Um, it seemed it was crazy because Herbert only put up 9.42 points in our format. Like I said, 57 pass attempts, no touchdowns it also broke a three-game streak of 300 plus passing yardage for him and then Mike Williams I don't know what was going on with Mike Williams because Mike Williams had six targets only two catches for 17 yards it was a tough game for us but I still like our team and the way our team is composed right now um give you the rundown real quick currently in our starting lineup we have Justin Herbert and then we have Najee Harris Raheem Mostert DK Metcalf Mike Williams TJ Hawkinson Alan Lazard Damian Pierce the Ravens defense then on our bench we're still holding on to James Kick we're still holding out hope he did force the first healthy and active scratch from Zach Moss this week so I like that they're you know going with Cook over Moss already he already worked his way up to second in the depth chart in the running back room I know Singletary's looked great and again I've talked about it this Buffalo team has a running game when they want to use it and Singletary had a great game running this past week against the Chiefs so but I think that if Cook continues to get more work I he's valuable to hold on to uh, we still have Zemir Wright on our roster and Tyron Davies Price a lot of this is because there's not a lot of things in the waiver wire that I really like right uh, maybe look at Robbie Anderson or Deshaun Jackson but we're not in love with that Greg Jolchus is there but there's no really a ton of running backs that are available right now that we want so we're kind of saving our waiver claim for that um, of course, we have Stefan Diggs on a bye, um, and then Curtis Samuel and Robert Tunyon, who was great um, this past week with 12 targets and 10 receptions. So we'll have a conversation between Hawkinson and Tunyon this week. But I still like a lot of what's on our team. We're 6-6. Six and six. We're still in the playoffs currently. And, yeah, I mean, I like a lot of what we have on our team. It's just a, a matter of possibly getting that trade we did have an offer i don't know if this offer was there last week when josh did fantasy corner but we had an offer in place stefan diggs for deandre hopkins and brace hall and we both agreed to the deal but that we would do it after the week and then since then the um owner has said ah, i don't think i want that trade so that's one of josh's pet peeves in fantasy football when you renege on a deal that was agreed upon so it's frustrating but but we'll we'll see how that goes um i just want to talk about the state of fantasy football because i read that there's a 20 to 30 percent drop in total fantasy points this year and that makes me feel a little bit better about some of my horrible teams um but my best team right now, I'm 4-2 and two in my Marriott Redraft League. This is from my buddies when I used to work at the Courtyard Erie Bayfront Marriott Hotel. This is my best team right now. It's led by Allen and Diggs, who are on a bye. But I also have Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, T. Higgins, uh, Christian Kirk, Damian Pierce, 
Damian Pierce on a lot of my teams. Brandon Cook, Zay Jones, Curtis Samuel. I just picked up Tyquan Thornton and Matt Ryan this week so that I could start Matt Ryan because of Josh Allen's absence. And then I picked up Tyquan Thornton, who I'm really excited about. I think Tyquan Thornton, 22-year-old rookie, is worthy of a pickup for you guys in a stash because this is a player in the offseason. He's a Patriots wide receiver, six foot two. This is a, a player in the offseason that looked really good. He was the star of camp. He looked great in the preseason, and they kept talking about how much they were going to use Tyquan Thornton in this offense, and then he got injured. And then this offense struggled for a little bit, right? But now they have this Ramondre Stevenson emergence, and Bailey Zappi, who that was going to be part of my conversation with Josh Lappin, who I think should be the starter going forward, Um Tyquan Thornton came in in his first full game action and scored two touchdowns, right? Four, four catches for 37 yards and a touchdown and three carries for 16 yards and a touchdown. But they're using him a la Debo Samuel where they're going to get him the ball on the end round and sweeps and runs. They're going to get him crossing the field. They're going to get him down the field, right? I think this is a guy that's worthy to stash, and that's why I have him stashed on, like I said, this is my best team. So, um, yeah, I... I think that uh, I have struggled a lot in fantasy this year, but this is my best team. And so I think that I had no idea what I was going to say there. It totally just left my mind as my app just crashed. But regardless, um, yeah, Tyquan Thornton, I think it's worth a stash. And uh, should I do a fantasy player of the week? Yeah, let's do a fantasy player of the week. Let's take a, take a trip to one of my uh, dynasty teams and my fantasy player of the week is a guy that you probably can't get your hands on. But I'm going to say if you're doing daily fantasy or anything like that, I don't know how much Ramondre Stevenson is going to cost you. But play Ramondre Stevenson this week against Chicago. Running backs have done great against Chicago this year thus far. And Ramondre Stevenson is currently the ninth overall running back in fantasy football with uh, one, two, three, four straight games over uh, 10 points with three of those three of those being over 15 and two of which being over 20. So reminder Stevenson is the play of the week for me in terms of fantasy football. And we hope that uh, Josh and I's team does way better. All right. I have one last uh, two last tidbits and then I will do a quick friends fortune one tidbit. There are six instances this NFL season in which our wide receiver has had 10 plus receptions and 150 plus yards. Three of them have been Tyreek Hill. The rest of the NFL have a combined three points. So he's obviously a difference maker. That trade paying off dividends very early for the Miami Dolphins. And the return of Tua Tungavailoa could not have come at a better time, I think. And then the last thing I wanted to say, the NFC and AFC East, both respectively, currently the best divisions in football. A combined 17-7 and for the uh, former and then the 15-9 and latter. Uh... I do think that these are the two best divisions in the NFL right now. I do think that the AFC West is still one of the best. I know that the Broncos are struggling, and I know that the Raiders haven't won games, but that's a good football team. And if Russell Wilson can continue to improve, because he did improve, guys, and all the lot of people want to pile on to Russ because it's fun for a lot of people, and the whole Broncos country less rad jokes are hysterical, but... I, this is still if, – if the an offense can get marginally better, right? Um, this defense is great, and this team is, is not a team that you would probably want to face in the playoffs if Russell gets better. So those are my last two tidbits. I am going to make 
a friend's fortune. This is going to be a unique friend's fortune because there's going to be some ifs and ands here, but I still think it's pretty bold. So I don't know who's going to be named the starter this weekend for the Patriots, if it's going to be Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones quite yet. But I will say this, is that Bailey Zappi will be the quarterback that finishes the game this week, right? So I think he'll either be named the starter over Mac Jones because he should be, or Mac Jones will be benched in favor of Bailey Zappi. Just do these numbers really quick, right? Because this is going to be part of my cold read. Bailey Zappi this year, 2-0, 72.9 completion percentage, 4-1 to one touchdown interception ratio, 111.4 passer rating. Mac Jones, 1-2 this year, 66% completion percentage, 2-5 to five touchdown interception ratio, 76.2. I know Mac Jones had a pretty good year last year, but... I think Mac Jones' pretty good year last year was more akin to getting the ball to their offensive weapons, their defense being really great, and Mac Jones not making mistakes. Bailey Zappi can do all of that, and I think Bailey Zappi has just like that one extra edge to him. So I could be wrong, but my friend's fortune is he either will be named the starter over Mac Jones or he will finish this game this weekend because he because Mac Jones will struggle and Belichick does not play games he's not afraid to bench a hundred million dollar quarterback like he did with uh, Drew Bledsoe for Tom Brady I'm not saying Zappi's Tom Brady I'm just saying that Belichick is not afraid to make what he thinks is the right decision and which I happen to agree well, that's it for the show guys thanks for tuning in uh, I, I'm sorry if it's weird that Josh and I keep having to leave. It's just the theater keeps us busy. We got a lot going on. So thanks for listening to the show, guys. Make sure you follow us. We are at Catch on Twitter, and we are Simultaneous Catch on Instagram. It's where we share most of our things. If you're in the Pick'em pool, it's it's a nail-biter, guys. Um, so make sure you make your picks each and every week. If you missed a week, you can still catch up, right? Um, you can catch up just by... No, you know, having better weeks than everybody, but also in, when the playoffs come around, all playoff games are worth two points, so you can definitely catch up. Um, if you missed last week and you send me a thing that proves that you had made your picks and you just didn't submit them, I have been lenient with that. I've been very kind with that. I've done it for Josh. I've done it for two other members in the pool so far. So I I trust you guys. It's an honor system. The winner of this pool gets a piece of. Um, piece of clothing <laughs> gets an item of their choosing, right? So you just you just let me know if you if you missed it and you need me to update it. I can and I will. Um, thanks for listening to the show, guys. Make sure you enjoy week seven wherever you are, and God bless. <laughs>